الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أإله مع الله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم when a person is trying to communicate a strong message they'll often use different figures of speech so you might use a metaphor for instance to basically bring a point across using fewer words or to bring or to sort of hammer home uh, you know a strong point and there's many ways to do so one way is through asking a rhetorical question one way is through asking a rhetorical question and we do this you know routinely as a part of our daily lives we ask a lot of rhetorical questions so you know for instance a child a parent might ask their child uh, who's in charge who's in charge right so by that what they're basically implying is this sort of a negative assertion saying that you know you're not the one in charge you're not expecting an answer from the child sometimes the child will answer and then they'll obviously then get more than just a verbal response uh, but that's uh, it's a rhetorical question and what you're basically implying is that the child is kind of stepping out of line and sometimes they'll ask your child are you listening to me are you listening to me are you listening to me you don't expect the child to respond back right and that's what you're basically conveying is this negative assertion that look you aren't listening to me you aren't listening to me you, you and 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 it's your responsibility to listen to me so you're kind of outside of the 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 bounds of of where you're supposed to be uh sometimes we do it for that purpose sometimes we'll do it because we want to sort of uh convey a message so we're so and we'll say something like you know how much longer are they going to have to suffer how much longer are they going to have to suffer so what you're basically implying there is through a rhetorical question is that they've been suffering for a long time and this is an uncomfortable truth and uh, when is it going to end right and i guess i just used a rhetorical question there so it hammers home points and it's used we use it routinely we use it commonly and Interestingly, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala uses it in the Quran in many places. Allah Ta'ala, he uses it in the Quran in many places. He asks rhetorical questions in many places of the Quran. And it really should open up our ears. You say, what is it Allah Ta'ala is trying to what is Allah Ta'ala is trying to convey to us? This must be a very powerful message if Allah is asking us a rhetorical question because obviously Allah Ta'ala already knows the answer to the question. And when someone's asking a rhetorical question, the person who's listening is also supposed to know the answer. The person who's listening knows the answer. It's typically that the person who's listening to that question being asked is that they're not fulfilling or they're they that they're they're out of line. Let's put it that way. That they're out of line. 
right? So when a parent, for like I said, the example, if the parent asks a child, why aren't you listening to me? Who's in charge? Why are you always misbehaving? These are rhetorical questions, and the child knows the answer to that question. These aren't questions that someone has to look up on Google and try to figure out the answer and come back and say, you know, Dad, the reason I'm not listening to you is because of X, Y, and Z. They know the answer, right? Uh, you know, how, how much longer will we have to suffer? Same thing. You know, we, there's, there's the, the, the person who's asking the question knows the answer, and certainly the listener knows the answer, and it's usually the listener that's, um, that, uh, that's out of line. So Allah Ta'ala uses it in the Qur'an in a few places. In one place, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ Have you not reflected on the Qur'an? Have you not reflected on the Qur'an? You know, Allah Ta'ala uh, is rhetorically asking us, that, look, I gave you this book of guidance, and I gave this book of guidance to all of mankind, and it was, it's supposed to be a source of light for all of you. And it's supposed to take you out of darkness, in your own personal darkness, in the darkness of the ummah. It's supposed to take humanity out of darkness. And yet, have you reflected upon it? I mean, it's right there before you. If you were to reflect upon the Qur'an, then all of the problems of the world, all of our personal problems would be completely resolved. So Allah Ta'ala asks, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ Have you not reflected on the Qur'an? You're looking here, you're looking there, you're looking to, you know, you're looking in, you're looking online for an answer, you're looking to your neighbors for an answer, you're looking to your friend for an answer, you're looking left and right, but right, the reality is that the manual of life is right before you. Have you not reflected on the Qur'an? So sometimes Allah Ta'ala will ask us this about the Qur'an. Uh, sometimes He'll ask this for, uh, about the Prophet Sallallahu or with regard to respect to the Prophet or sometimes he will ask a rhetorical question to the Prophet himself. In the beginning of Surah Al-Tahrim, Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal O Prophet, why are you making haram upon you what's halal? Now, this is again a rhetorical question being asked to the Prophet There's no expectation that the Prophet is going to respond to Allah Ta'ala. Right? The answer is, I mean, Allah Ta'ala is basically giving a lesson to the Prophet for our own benefit. It's a rhetorical question. So sometimes it's for the Qur'an, sometimes it's about the Prophet or in some way, shape, or form related to the Prophet But the rhetorical questions that are asked in the Qur'an that are particular to Allah, those are the ones that are particularly powerful. The questions that Allah Ta'ala asks us that are in relation to Him, those are particularly powerful. And these come a few places in the Qur'an. In one place in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in Surah Al-Infitar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us, asks humanity, He says, Ya ayyuhal nas, He says, Ya ayyuhal nas, Ma gharraka bi rabbika al-kareem. Ya ayyuhal nas, Ma gharraka bi rabbika al-kareem. O mankind, what has seduced you away from your generous Lord? Allah ta'ala is asking us, what has seduced you away from your generous lords? What, is, what has taken your face and turned it away? You know, I, Allah Ta'ala is the Qibla. Allah Ta'ala is the direction, you know, meaning literally it's the Qibla in terms of our, uh, our physical body faces it during prayer. But even through the course of our life, our heart should be directed or con- communicating with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala or in the direction of Allah Ta'ala. And yet, the vast majority of us, the vast majority of, of mankind has turned its qibla, it's turned its face away from Rabbika Al-Kareem, from their generous Lord. And look, Allah Ta'ala could have said, don't turn your face away from your generous Lord, right? Or the Prophet could have been told to say this. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking this rhetorical question that what is it? 
I mean, is it, is it? Am I not sufficient for you? What is it that you're that you're that you're trying to attain or acquire? Why are you looking in twenty other directions when all you had to look was toward me? What is it? Is it wealth that's seducing you away from your Lord? Is it some other? Some is it? Uh, is it fame that you're looking for? Is that what's taking you away from your generous Lord? Is it respect? Is it honor? Is it reputation? Is it health? What is it? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses everything and he's the provider of everything and had we turned to him that would be sufficient, Allah ta'ala asks us, why is it, what is it in this, what is it in this world that's temporary that Allah ta'ala himself brought us into this world? What is it that's taking us away from the way of Allah or the direction of Allah? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this in another, in other, in another place as well. And actually, in, in the next, in in, uh, in one surah, Allah subhanahu, in surah Naml, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks a rhetorical question, and He repeats that rhetorical question verse after verse after verse after verse until, you know, it finally, hopefully, finally hits home for us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He describes, He said, أَمَّنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَأَنزَلَ لَكُمْ مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَأَنبَتْنَا بِهِ حَدَائِقَ ذَاتَ بَهْجَةٍ مَا كَانَ لَكُمْ أَن تُنبِتُوا شَجَرَهَا And then Allah ta'ala says, أَإِلَاهُمْ مَعَ الله. And Allah Ta'ala says, you know, who is the one that basically created the خَلَقَ uh, السَّمَاوَاتِ The skies, the heavens, and the earth. وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ And He's caused water to descend from the sky. And from that water, there's trees and vegetation that has grown. And that's grown so much so that you aren't able to, you wouldn't be able to produce a single tree of your own. If you tried, you wouldn't be able to grow your own tree without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah ta'ala describes His creation, describes His creation of the world, the heavens, the world, the earth, etc. And after bringing this point forward, He says, Is there a Lord other than Allah? Is there a Lord other than Allah? Look at how vast my creation is. Can you even fathom anything being worthy of worship? Or better said, in our life, is there anything that is more worthy of our attention than Allah? And then the next verse, he continues. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this firm ground for us to stand on. And he created between it these rivers that flow, which provide for, for all of all of human, all of mankind. And he's describing more and more of his creation. And then he asks all of us again. He said, Is there another deity? Is there any other uh, uh, deity worthy of worship except Allah? After witnessing the magnificence of Allah's creation, after witnessing how beautiful the mountains are so perfectly placed and how they're so still despite the most uh, powerful of storms that traverse them. And, you know, and, and after witnessing how uh, the, the entire water supply works, the entire irrigation system of the entire earth works, and seeing how that's driven by these rivers that flow. Is there re- do you really think there's another Lord but Allah? Are you really willing to attribute some other... Something to Allah? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks, Who is the one 
who answers the call of the desperate. Who is the one who answers the call of the desperate? Now, if you've ever been in a difficult situation or a desperate situation, many of us probably have. And we've probably been in situations where truly there's nowhere we can turn. Truly there's nowhere we can turn. We can't turn to our parents. We can't turn to our friends. We can't turn towards society. We can't turn toward uh, our children. We can't turn toward the community. We really are on our own. And in those situations, inevitably, every believer turns back to Allah. Now look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was there before we were in that situation and He's there while we are in that situation. And He is there listening to the call of that person who's desperate. So Allah ta'ala says, Who is the one who's there listening to you when you're desperately in need and you're turning and you're, you have absolutely no way out except toward who, they have absolutely no way out. Who is the one that is listening to you? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Is there even a possibility that there is any other deity worthy of, is there anything other than Allah? Is there any other power or might or anything superior that, uh, to Allah? Is there anything, is there any other direction you should turn but Allah? It's incredible. And Allah Ta'ala asked this question verse after verse after verse after verse. Asking us, explaining, reminding us, that, look, I created everything. I provided everything. I created the world. I created you. I've created, and I'm the one that's there listening to you when you are the most in need. How can you think that there is anyone other than Allah that is worthy of our attention? And then Allah Ta'ala continues. And then there's one other place that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala again asks this rhetorical question. And of course, certain verses hit home more than others for certain people. That's just the way uh, the Quran is, right? Or maybe at certain times in your life, maybe you certain verses really stand out to you. In one place, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala asks us, or asks the, His believers, or His servants, not even His believers, any one of His servants, he says, أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِكَافٍ عَبْدَهُ Allah asks, Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not sufficient for His servant? Is Allah not sufficient for His servant? Meaning, is, do we need anything more than Allah in our life? That's really the question. Do we need anything more than Allah? I mean, isn't, isn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sufficient to f- fulfill us? Isn't He sufficient to protect us? Isn't He sufficient to, for us to, to love? Is there any other direction that we need to turn? You know, the way we tend to live our lives, looking at, you know, we look at our own personal life, and we see that in our own lives, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at least the way we live our life, Allah ta'ala isn't sufficient for us. Right? I mean, if you look at all the different directions we seek help, if we look at all the different directions we, uh, we, we tr- all the different individuals we try to impress, if we look at all of the um, different um, rules of Allah that we break, right? If we look at our own life, and then again, we ask ourselves this question, we ask ourselves this question, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sufficient for us? Now look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking all of us, أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِكَافٍ abda? Is, not is Allah, isn't Allah, 
You know, he could have said, is Allah sufficient for you? And then he would allow that rhetorical question to be so that we can reflect upon it. Right? It's, you can ask, is, is Allah sufficient for you? That's a rhetorical question. It implies a lot. It implies, uh, it implies that, okay, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sufficient. Um, but is he not maybe fulfilling what you need, right? So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks, is Allah sufficient for his servant? Instead, Allah ta'ala asks it differently. And he says, isn't Allah ta'ala sufficient for his servant? So it's a reminder for all of us, right? When these verses, and we, we hear these verses, we reflect upon these verses, these are directly from Allah. When we hear these verses, it really makes us wonder. You know, I don't think I've lived my life such that I truly believe that my Allah is sufficient for me. Right? If that was the case, then I would love nothing but Allah. If that was the case, I would fear nothing but Allah. If, I was the, if that was the case, my direction, my direction would only be toward Allah. If that was the case, that my ple- the only being's pleasure that I would desire is Allah's. And if to all of those questions we have Allah and someone else, or Allah, you know, or someone else, then that means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not sufficient for us. And He's made it clear to us that He is sufficient for us. He is absolutely sufficient for us. Because He's the one that brought us into existence. When we were absolutely nothing, Allah ta'ala brought us into existence. And then Allah ta'ala, after bringing us into existence, He's the one that provided us with this earth to live on. Then He's the one that's continuously feeding us on a daily basis, two meals a day, three meals a day, and keeping us nourished, and feeding us constantly. He's the one providing us with families, with support. He's the one that's provided us with a roof to, to live under. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is absolutely sufficient for us. And He's the one who's going to take us back to Him. Right? It isn't that Allah Ta'ala brought us into this world and He gave the responsibility of, 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 of leaving this world to some other being or some other deity. We're going to return back straight to Him. And then we're going to stand immediately before Allah and we'll have to answer to every moment of our life. How is Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala not sufficient for us? And then, after we answer to Allah, and as long as, inshallah, we stay, we stay uh, in a state of belief when we leave this world, after we answer to Allah, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala eventually is going to place us into His gardens forever. For all of eternity. How is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not sufficient for his servant? It makes us wonder. So, we reflect upon these verses. And we really work toward making Allah ta'ala our focus. And we only look toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ultimately, he's our goal. Ultimately, he's in charge. And it doesn't mean that we negate all of the different aspects of this world, the necessary aspects of this world, interactions, etc. Those are, those are in its place. But the heart is a content with Allah. And our qibla, meaning the, our ultimate focus and direction is with Allah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for any mistakes that we've made in the past. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to reflect upon uh, all of these rhetorical questions that are asked by Him in the Qur'an. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to draw closer to Him and, and draw our attention to Him.